Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. We are back here again to talk about independent comics. DC, Marvel, they're cool and all, but you know where the really hip stuff is? It's it's the image, the dark horse, the boom, the scout. Let's all talk about that stuff today. So with me, as always, is Richard. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, but you know what? We were sans Darcy last week. We're sans Darcy again, and we're also sans Carrie. So we're losing yeah. we're losing co-hosts. Like I think we're gonna have to fight for the right to be the sole co-host or sole host next week. Oh, next week <laughs> between you and me. Apparently. I actually heard that they didn't want to be here because you and I have cooties. That's- yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's that's, what, that's I, what i heard at the uh on the playground today at school so it was girls rule boys drool but exactly we're here to drool all about comic books on our <laughs> podcast today <laughs> so all right well no um carrie and darcy it was last minute but both of them couldn't make it today uh they all intentions meant to but you know life happens so we're going to just be us today and then next week hopefully it'll be all us four again the fantastic four if you will um so all right let's go ahead and get this started um i'm gonna do the uh, diy corner um it is technically not a comic but it's independent comic adjacent um babs tar uh well-renowned artist is designing a dating sim on kickstarter a video game uh with um a Sam Thurman and Babs Tar has a very distinct style of art, um, very like you know, sexy men and women. Um, and and this is a dating sim, so her art is definitely appropriate for this type of uh of video game. Um, the, the the promotional picture is basically kind of all kind of like monster style characters. There's like a um a tiger, Tony the Tiger man type guy mm-hmm. and like a succubus woman and and stuff so it looks really cool um it like the the art and the colors are great um i definitely have faith in in Bows tar for releasing um a quality product i don't know much about sam thurman but so far so good on this and i believe the estimated date of this hasn't launched yet but i think the estimated date actually is today um so it well as of recording, it's March 15th, so it's probably going to be live by the time you're listening to this. So, so um, hopefully uh, it gets a good start, and hopefully it starts soon, and I definitely recommend checking it out because it looks really cool. Babstar and uh, Sam Thurman have no uh, issue being horny on Maine, apparently. <laughs> no, they don't. Absolutely yeah. not. They're so. like, oh, no, 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 just put it under our real names. This is what I'm about now. Yep, <laughs> it looks exactly. Fun, <laughs> um, I mean, like Babstar's Instagram is is very very thirsty, and it's very awesome. <laughs> so I can, um, so I can just imagine. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I love the liberation. Exactly, me too. All right. Well, we're gonna help go ahead and go into our spotlights then. Uh, that was fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. so Richard, why, why don't you go first, and I'll go second here. Awesome. Well, uh, my spotlight is on uh, Little Monsters Number One by uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, Dustin Wen, and this book is so good. Yes. <laughs> so I haven't uh, read a Dust a Dustin Wen book in a minute, and gosh, the art is like Jeff Lemire. The writing, it's great. You yep. know, the plotting that because there really isn't too too much dialogue in this issue, but oh, the art is so good. Like. When, when he uses color, when he uses no color, just the pencils. The, I, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. The yeah, use he, of shadows, fantastic. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. I, I, I definitely, I checked it out as well, and I agree. Um, the line work, you don't really see Dustin Nguyen's line work a lot because he uses mm-hmm. watercolor. Um, and no, like, fantastic. <laughs> just black and white. I would... I, I just I kind of forgot that he's actually a very good artist, no matter what the medium is, you know, what, what, mm-hmm. what he's using. So and like every time color is used, it just feels so much more meaningful on the page because everything else is you know, black and white and like grayscale. Yeah, it looks really cool. 
I, yeah. So um, the premise seems to be there's a bunch of uh, precocious uh, young children to like, I guess, early teens. And they seem to live like in a Lord of the Fly city where they're the only ones there having adventures and playing around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of them are playing capture a flag. Yui is uh, like uh, pining after Lucas. Lucas is just wants to write music and not really paying her any mind. And basically, uh, Romy, is it Romy or Romy? I'm going to say Romy. I think it's Romy. He is like the artist of the group. And he's kind of just looking around, searching for art supplies, pens, you know, pencils, inks, markers, whatever. And essentially, they just kind of live here. And I think our one of our main or more main point of view characters, Billy, is just kind of fed up with this life. Uh, they're waiting for someone to return and that person, he it's, he says it's been 100 years and they're, they're, they ain't coming back so we should leave and everyone's uh, basically too scared to do so. They all dine on our rats. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the reveal seems to be mm-hmm. that uh, at the end Billy's like, I think I'm going to leave or, or excuse me, he's looking for Romy because Romy doesn't come back and they are apparently, I guess, you know, for whatever reason, they can't be out during the daytime. They can only be out at night. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for him. And then he finds a gentleman. Is he wounded or is he legless? I couldn't tell. You know, it's hard to tell. I, I, I'm not sure either. Um, yeah, if he's merely wounded or if he's the back, uh, the bottom half of his legs have been chopped off. But he's bleeding. And basically, Billy sees that there's a way out of this. Mm-hmm. That someone's come in, so yeah, someone's come in, so that means there has to be a way out. And <laughs> essentially, I'm assuming since the book's called Little Monsters, they're some form of fashion of monsters, but for the most part, they're drawn to be just regular children, except when they feast, they do have fangs. <laughs> yes, and yeah, that's that, that's a good question. I'm you know, I mean, they've been around waiting for over a hundred years, right? And they're still children and they can't be out in the daytime, so I'm guessing vampire but you know one like, would imagine yeah <laughs> so but it, it's not exp- it's definitely not explicit it's not explicit yet so who, who knows but regardless it looks cool i i definitely yeah no, i i literally uh just picked up the book on a whim like i was at the comic shop had wasn't gonna get it and then after i saw like three four people pick it up while i was chatting with the, the guy that runs the store i was just like yeah, what's going on in this i was like ah let me give it a look and did not disappoint. Yeah, sometimes it's like um, I, I, I get the feeling when it's like a, a creative team that I'm already interested in and they're coming out with a new series, even if I love the series before, sometimes it's like hard, like, oh, do I really want to jump into this? Because like, is it going to be as good as like, in this case, like Descender or Ascender, you know, like, am right. I gonna, or am I just going to be disappointed? But I mean, I don't think I've ever been disappointed with the Lemire and I don't think I've ever been disappointed with just Dustin Nguyen. So it was kind of an easier choice this time you know mm-hmm. but yeah it, no um definitely interested in seeing where this goes because lemire's you know he writes some good sad people and vampires are a good sad people so yeah <laughs> and to mo- your point uh to your point and also the premise of the show that like marvel dc are great I don't think you could get a marvel dc book that's greenlit that it's just a regular issue one and you know, he's taking risk with the, the the coloring and everything and that sort of thing. Like, you just can't get that from the big two. So that's another reason for you to just come and enjoy some independent books with us. Yeah, the creative freedom is definitely there. You 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 have you, there is some editorial pull in independent comics, but it's definitely not as strong as as say you know eighty years of of Batman. You know that will cause you know so so. Um, definitely um yeah if you're a fan of the artwork and stuff i mean i'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast but um but yeah um indie comics are cool my hot take i would it'd be fantastic (laughs) if just like a regular issue of detective comics had batman drawn in this style with like these coloring tones or you you reboot to madracula over at marvel it's just randomly like this for one issue like that's what it was like back in the day at marvel like where it's like oh 
you're reading your uh, Bob Layton New Mutants, and I was all, oh, what's the Sikevitz New Mutants? Um, I was about to say, I was um, Sikevitz, it was exactly who I was going to. But to, like, you know, it's not, a, it's not a mini-series, it's just in the middle of the run. Here's something completely different. Enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, is always pretty cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, those risks are not there anymore in yeah. uh, the big two. Um, we'll just get a, a summer, uh, you know, crossover event exactly that that disrupts everything instead of <laughs> instead of something that like a create a creative uh idea that comes out um i felt the grant morrison run of batman was definitely the most creator controlled version yes. of, of 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 a major character that i've seen in a long time and then like or like matt fraction and, and david aja on the on hawkeye that is totally like an independent. Oh, book. true, true, true. Yeah, but even both those runs are about a decade old, maybe a little yeah. bit older for the Batman. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, and, that was... and and before those movies became big business, you know, what I'm saying before all those movies were making a billion dollars regularly. Yeah. So you're not you're. I don't know if you'll get that. Uh, you know, lack of editorial control ever, back ever again. Exactly. Like um, right now, Doctor Strange is dead, and I I. I forget where i heard it from but it was funny because uh someone was like oh when do you think he's gonna come back well probably right before multiverse of madness comes out right. <laughs> it's, it's when dr change will return to the living coil so we'll see either that either that or he's gonna die in or multiverse yeah. of madness. Hey, if we if we get like a clea sorcerer supreme and you know even though clea has not been introduced yet yeah, and, yeah established yet yeah but it'll still be kind of cool you know to see that um or or more more wong uh sorcerer supreme yeah. is fine as long as he karaoke's in every in every uh movie <laughs> going forward all right okay uh so that yeah um thank you for bringing that to the table because that was an excellent read um and i love talking about excellent comics that's why we're here right Absolutely. Um, okay so i have something from a couple weeks ago uh called uh, rockstar and Softboy. Um, by Cena Grace and okay. um, Cena Grace. Um, he ha- he's been writing a lot lately, but we haven't got his art in a while. And this is a one shot kind of comic. It was not not fully a trade paperback, not fully a single issue, somewhere in between. Um, but it was a fun kind of standalone issue. Um, basically, it's the story of two roommates, kind of an odd couple roommates. Uh, called uh, Rockstar and uh, Softboy. And uh, it's about their exploits. Uh, um, it's definitely kind of an odd couple situation. And uh, like Rockstar, who remarkably looks exactly like Cena Grace, by the way, um, <laughs> which is awesome when, when the artist r- draws themselves into the comic. Um, he's, um, he's what that name applies. Um, he, you know, he's out partying. He's out you know, highfalutin and having fun, you know, being a rock star. And, uh, and then Softboy uh, is a video game developer um, and he's kind of more of the quiet type, uh, kind of the, the lovelorn romantic, you know, person who maybe is a little more of an introvert than the rock star extrovert, uh, but they're BFFs and they live in an apartment together along with a cat uh that's a shapeshifter um named meow meow uh who turns into a hipster woman in a red dress and um giant sunglasses <laughs> and like and constantly smokes cigarettes and then they ask her why she smokes cigarettes she's like i'm a mythical creature i'm not gonna get cancer so i'm gonna, I'm gonna point cigarettes um so um but any, but but all besides all that so you've already kind of getting the vibe of the fantasticalness of this of this area, you know, like we got zombies, we got giants, we got fairies, we got you know all types of different mytho- mythological creatures. Despite this uh, kind of taking place in a realistic esque Los Angeles, um, but who knows? Los Angeles might have all those things because it's kind of a crazy place. But um, but it's also um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's very gay. It's and um, but that's definitely part of the charm. It's it's a lot of it's just a really cool really cool comic uh the the plot of the comic basically is that um softboy has been kind of working on this uh software project for a long time and rockstar realizes that softboy hasn't been laid in a long time so rockstar decides that he's going to throw an epic party 
to get Safoy laid. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, who they're inviting and like, including witches and zombies and all the stuff there's, um, I, I think all these di- different kind of creatures are based on actual types of people, which is kind of cool too, kind of also leads to the, the, the magical realism of this book. Um, and because uh, like the zombies will come in right at the time of, of you know, of the party and they'll always bring dip and uh, then they'll always leave, you know, like, you know, about an hour or two hours into the party, you know, stuff like that. So there, there's definitely groups of people who are like that. <laughs> and uh, so, Absolutely. so, um, so it turns out that they accidentally create the perfect storm for the party animal to be conjured. And the party animal is exactly what you think. It's basically an anthropomorphic wolf uh, out there to party and he has ketamine lollipops <laughs> and, he's, and he's peeing all over the place and he's he's the worst party you know the, the person you do not want in your house party so essentially it's up to them after they conjure the party animal to rid the, the party animal um from the city and uh, that turns into kind of a cool um power rangers slash uh, magical girl moment where they transform into superheroes and they fight the uh the party animal so it's <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it, it's it's silly. It's fun. I guess um, obviously, like I said, Cena Grace, you know, is, is rock star. Um, the other character is actually based on his BFF in real life, uh, Josh Trujillo. I don't know if oh, they nice. ever lived together um, as you know, like roommates, but and I don't know if they have a uh, magical cat um, person as a pet, but. Uh, but you know, uh, this is definitely a fun slice of life slash magical absurdity kind of story. So definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Also, it says before you uh, on, on the first page when you're when you open it is that you must listen to Abba while <laughs> while reading this comic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Okay, well, from that coolness to other coolness on our main topic today we are here to talk about proctor valley road i feel like i did not know i was going to say that but i did trust me (laughs) we're talking about (laughs) proctor valley road by grant morrison alex child uh, naomi frankies tamara bonvillain and jim campbell and this was richard's choice also uh i've been meeting this I keep forgetting to do this. Um, there's going to be spoilers ahead. Uh, we recommend checking out the book before uh, before listening if you are afraid of spoilers. Um, it is currently on a Comixology Unlimited. It is. So it's, it is inaccessible and or it is accessible. I think I said inaccessible. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, you can access it. And, and um, um so just really quick before we jump into spoilers, just quick, quick, uh, you know, yay or nay? Like, uh, were you a fan of this book, Richard? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Yep, and, and I did too. So, uh, yeah, if you're inter- if this sounds interesting at all, definitely check it out. So now we'll jump into spoilers. So, Richard, um, can you give us a quick uh, synopsis and also like why you picked this book for this week? Um, so I picked this book uh, because actually I just hadn't read anything by Grant Morrison in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, you know, a little short, short and sweet uh, little tale, though it is co-written by Grant Morrison, actually, so it is missing a certain level of, like, Grant Morrison-ness. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't feel high concept enough, though, though a bunch of, like, wild stuff happens. Mm-hmm. No, I get that, but but no, it, yeah, it's still... But yeah, that said, it's just a really fun book. Yeah, definitely. So basically the premise is that you got these uh, four uh, friends, uh, four girlfriends, August, Cora, Riley, and Jenny, and they are heavy into Janis Joplin. (laughs) So this is basically like everything, the premise of everything is that they're just trying to make money. They need about $80, maybe a little bit more to get tickets to Janis Joplin concert. And they're trying to, you know, do anything they can to get money to make people to get these tickets and they're all high school age girls yes you know just so you know why money may not be readily available and you know they try a few different scams this oh this is a period piece it's uh based in the early 70s 
1970 uh, to be exact. Yeah. yeah. 1970 to be exact. So you see them do well, first of all, August and Riley try to rip off a store. They <laughs> a convenience store of a bunch of sunglasses that they would go ahead and just resell and get caught, but the cop, you know, no charges are pressed. And then Jenny is uh she seems to be doing lawn work for an old racist woman, <laughs> for, for lack of better terms. And the lady's rude to her, and she just quits on the spot. So they go to their little hideout, which seems to be like, uh, I don't know, is it the, 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 the junkyard or garbage dump or something? Because it's just a bunch of cars piled up for the most part and like uh, tractor trailers. And they go to strategize to, to see how much money they got. And for a bunch of high school girls, they smoke and drink a lot. Yes, they do. <laughs> but it was the 70s. It was a different yeah. time. This is totally, I, I get that. What's that movie called? Um, oh, God. I just, I, I was going to reference that movie, but I can't remember. And it just left your brain. Ugh, the, I hate the, when that happened. The one that takes place in the 70s. Um, but, and the kids, all they do is smoke and drink. Um, oh, that 70s show? Uh, basically, there's the movie that that, that kind of was based on. Um Oh my god, I can't remember. And everyone's probably screaming at their their uh, podcast devices right now because. Anyways, go ahead. Um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> fast times. Fast times. Are, no, not fast times. Uh, oh my god, what was it? Uh, I'm just trying to think of uh, what movies depict seventies high school. It's 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 a it was a period piece. It has Matthew McConaughey in it. Um, I know that. Um, oh my god, <laughs> it's bothering me. Yeah, um, no, no, people are shouting, shouting yeah. the answer. I know. Um, dazed and confused. Dazed. Oh, okay, dazed and confused. There you go. <laughs> it totally gave me a dazed and confused vibe, <laughs> and I apologize for that. We got there. That's yes. all that matters. Hopefully, uh, when Carrie edits this, it'll make it less. It, it took actually three hours for me to come up with that. <laughs> Just so you guys know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, tighten it up for us. Yes, please. Um, so uh, the girls go to a carnival to hang out and they run into Jenny's brother who is uh, playing carnival games is a really crack shot so uh, some dudes are like some older dudes are like hey man you should go fight in Vietnam and he's very woke for 1970s and he's full uh, you know Muhammad Ali ain't no Viet call ever call me (laughs) (laughs) so they, they get pissed. There's almost an altercation, but some dudes step in like fellow high schoolers and they kind of, you know, talk the older dudes down and their plan is like, hey, th- there's three of us. There's four of these girls. We could probably get laid. <laughs> so they want to hang out with them at the carnival. Mm-hmm. So just to make a long story longer, they hang out at the carnival. The carnival's kind of whack, but August views this as an opportunity. She's like, I could take them somewhere really scary on a ghost tour. They pay me five bucks a piece, get us closer to this Janice Joplin goal. So they go down the Proctor Valley Road and they're telling them all the scary stuff about coyotes that walk on their hind legs and all these rumors and innuendo, and nothing happens. It's kind of a dud. Uh, and then the boys like they're like well we're not getting laid and this is bs so they kind of just walk off in the huff and the girls wait for them they never come back and they finally decide to leave the reason why the boys never came back is because they are basically uh can't quite say massacred but basically get pretty wrecked by uh these weird monsters that are hanging out around proctor valley road one of them gets massacred but yeah the other two get definitely wrecked (laughs) yes the girls kind of see some of it, but they can't make out most of it, so they hightail it out of there. They think they kind of, you know, had a little hallucination from all the uh, drinking and the uh, smoking that they do. Mm-hmm. But then they find handprints on the back of the car, and they're like, oh, maybe this is real. Yes. <laughs> now, my fa- one of my favorite parts of this whole book is that at the end, you know, there's an assembly at school, then they find out that these boys are missing, and that the girls were the last uh, people they're seeing with. Uh, the boys' names are Bobby, Bruce, and Skip. <laughs> like the most generic of names. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and essentially, they get called into the principal's office to answer for the whereabouts of these missing boys. And they don't think that they kidnapped them or killed them. 
what they think is that two of the boys just got uh, conscription letters for the Vietnam War, and the girls drove them down to uh, Mexico yes. to, to be draft dodgers, which I was just like, oh, that's that's a great little touch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so now they're under suspicion of, uh, of aiding and abetting. Yes. And I guess in this town, they're uh, ultra patriotic. So everyone, like, it's amazing how quick they get flipped on. Like, the whole mm-hmm. town turns on them very quickly. So they all become pariahs at school and around town. And they answer that, like, no, we didn't take them to draft dots. They kind of just left us. And then we eventually left them. We don't know what happened to them. And essentially, uh, August decides to go out there. And then she's immediately haunted. She sees uh, Skip. And he's like half of Skip because part of half of his body's like melted off. And then she gets hit by a very real haunted car. So, What's interesting is whatever's going on in Proctor Valley Rose, some of it is just like apparitions and ghosts, and some of it's very solid and can very much hurt you. Yes. Um, So just knowing about the girls, Cora has like a deep fear of the dark. She owns over 200 flashlights. She never wants anything to be dark, and she lives with her dad. Jenny is a black girl but she in the 70s but she has her heart set on becoming an astronaut and uh august her father walked out on her and her mother and it's kind of been really tense ever since and uh riley's actually august's cousin you know their parents their mothers are sisters <laughs> and uh and uh talking about uh, and riley's kind of horny on maine she's very yeah. she has a crush on jenny's brother and she's just kind of very hard up for for some action so uh, August goes out down the Proctor Valley Road to see what's up with those boys. And like I said, she's getting haunted and whatnot. Eventually, like, I guess the other girls are pulled to her. Oh, that's right. They set up a plan to go Friday. But August, you know, gets a little cocksure and goes along that same night. And the other girls, I guess, just get pulled in her direction and go over there, find her. And finally, they're revealed or they, they, they get to see the landlady who seems to be like their torturer in this whole circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the landlady, um, she's an aggrieved ghost. Uh, basically, she was allowed to live on the outskirts of Indian, ba- like an Indian ground. And like sh- she was chased out from her area. And when she moved into like the restricted area, the Indian ground burial ground or something, she she's then haunted. <laughs> and she's none too pleased about it. And she just feels like taking it out on anyone who besmirches her. And she's decided that the girls have besmirched her by trying to make profit off her haunt. Yep. Just like the, the bakery before as well. Right. There's a haunted bakery in this as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what then proceeds is that, you know, the girls uh, eventually Skip is found dead and the girls are you know, trying to plead their case because now people think that they're murderers. So they're like, well, we have to find the other two to prove that they, they can vouch for us that we're not murderers. And just, it gets a little insane. Yeah. <laughs> for, for lack of better terms. The last three issues are, are definitely bashing crazy. <laughs> there is a giant, I guess, minotaur monster uh, mm-hmm. that's trying to kill them, as well as the, the giant coyotes that walk on their hind legs. There's haunted little children. Just all, all sorts of madness that this landlady throws at them. Even brands them all. They all have two of two letters on their branded on their body that spell out landlady. Yeah. And then she's able to possess them every once in a while. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's, too. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. so it's so creepy. So I guess the uh the principal doesn't want to get in trouble for this, or or, or he's gonna lose uh funding. That's what it is. So he's going to go find the, the kids himself. But what he finds is the landlady. And he is, uh, I guess, driven insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the landlady. By what he sees. So at this point, the girls are going to do whatever they need to do to save those boys and clear their name. But I guess, is it because the landlady or do they just have a regular falling out? Because I couldn't tell if the landlady was nudging them or they're legitimately getting on each other's nerves. I feel like, 
excuse me. Um, Don't die on me, Brian. (laughs) I'll try not to. It's the landlady. Um, I feel, I feel like um, that it was, it was kind of by the machinations of of, like the supernatural kind of thing, even though they're, they're qualms against, you know, each other um, were definitely kind of natural teenage problems, you know? So, yeah. But Riley it, and August both like the same boy. Yeah. Um, they get frustrated with Jenny because they're like, "Oh, your head's like up in the clouds. You'll never be an astronaut." And Cora's like fears, you know, just stress everybody out. So they break up as a unit. And they'll never be friends again. I, I feel. I feel like it's like a Loki situation in in um in Avengers when they were all their negative attitudes were kind of heightened to make yeah. them all pissed off at each other. So, so I, yeah, that's kind of how I got was that like, these are probably all things that were in their heads, but then the landlady made them all like made it all pertinent that they all argued about this stuff right Lifted now. Lifted it to the surface and now they're acting on it. Yep. Exactly. So, um, so basically the group split apart for alert. They're going to get back together because they have to, you know, save the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, since Riley and, uh, and August are actual cousins, they still have to see each other. And at that, like, at a uh, family uh, birthday party for, like, I guess one of their siblings, they end up getting into like a, a fist fight, or not even a fist fight, like a food, a little mini food fight. They're like smearing <laughs> cupcakes in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenny tries to get a job because she's like, "F it, I got to work to get this uh, Janice Joplin tickets." And we also find out that Cora um, had some sort of uh, ailment where they thought she died and they put her (laughs) in a mortuary for two days before letting her out, which is apparently why she's so terrified of the dark. Yes, I would. Don't blame her, even though not at all. Not at all. She was an infant when it happened. But yeah, that that definitely. (laughs) No, yeah, that's some deep leading trauma. Yep. Um, so finally the girls are all pulled in the direction of the landlady. They have to settle this, so they kind of regroup and they also along the way made a uh, Native American friend. <laughs> like he's uh he's our uh, mysticism him and his grandma are, are like our mysticism MacGuffins. Yes, they and don't really have awesome. too much of yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, that's the one thing too. All this is depicted beautifully. It's a very uh, bright, poppy art style. So even when heinous things are happening, it looks really nice. Like mm-hmm. it's not very scary. It's just uh, very uh, cool and jarring. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It, it it's a very manga esque almost as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I enjoy the it, it, the artwork could definitely work in a um, in like a romance comic, but we have it in a horror book. Which absolutely. Is pretty, which is pretty cool. You know, the juxtaposition there is fun. So, um, yeah, so they, they uh, no, 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 please. They so they go and they figure out that the landlady was set ablaze, like she was burnt, burned alive. And so they were like, oh, and every time she interacts with something, it's very wet. So she must be hair- headquartered somewhere wet. And they go to this little reservoir, and there's a su- like an inexplicable submarine. I don't know how yeah. there's just a submarine there. I've been to the Otai reservation. I've never seen a submarine there. So (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) But essentially, this is where the whole final showdown is going to be. Cora had actually got too scared and left the group, but, you know, she'll be back. She has to fight someone like... She's she's, uh, fighting the mid-tier boss before (laughs) going to the final boss on everyone else's behalf. Total video game vibes in this at the end. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one of the spooks is like a, a a young boy who blew his own head, at, you know, shotgunned himself in the face. So he's like missing half his skull. Again, depic- depicted beautifully. Yeah. And she gets a belt. And I guess since he's a little boy, like his kryptonite is that she's going to give him a whooping. <laughs> yep. Um, and so basically we get to the final showdown with the landlady. Uh, we find out that uh, August's father never abandoned her family. The landlady killed her and kept his uh, wedding ring as a souvenir. Mm-hmm. And the landlady's like, oh, you girls, you're basically their bond is so powerful, like that they have magic. And so she's like, well, you should she wants to, you know, turn them to the dark side that she, they should join her. They uh, push it away. 
and they're basically able to kill her. They uh, use their like friendship magic powers to like push her through like some stalactites, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she dies a pretty gruesome death. Yes, definitely. It was pretty fast too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a very quick climactic battle. But it was and cool. uh, they are able to actually save uh, Brucey and Bobby. Our R.I.P. Skip. Uh, Bruce. Bruce is uh, missing a hand. <laughs> yes. So that can't be great. And there's press conferences and you know reconciliations. The boys uh, are able to clear their name, and finally, at the end of the book, they're able to figure out enough funds to get to the Janis Joplin top concert. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to other adventures. I love that last panel of when they all, oh, yeah, they're just badasses now and like Cora's smoking a cigarette. And yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. It, it was kind of jar, jarring when Cora was drinking because she's like so diminutive. She's much smaller, yes. shorter than the other girls. And mm-hmm. she looks more like, a, like, like their child friend than their contemporary. So like, though, like, I'm assuming they're like 15, 16, 16 year olds shouldn't be drinking and smoking. Like, it doesn't look bad when they're teenagers, but it's like, oh, is that little child yeah. <laughs> having a take a swig of wine? But, not, not, not the best. No, definitely not. But um, I think she's just, you know, just smaller than them. I think she's about the same age by the, by the, yeah, by yeah, the feel no. of the book. But yeah, no, I totally, no, I got the same vibe, especially the way um, her, her dad babies her. Um, yes, you know you you totally get the you know the and she's wearing like pigtails, so she's she definitely has that I'm younger than everyone else kind of feel and look, you know. Even though I don't think she is, and she's wearing strawberry pajamas, by the way. If Carrie was here, <laughs> she would she that's something that she would say that she would love because I know that <laughs> full full body strawberry pajamas are pretty cool. Um, but so, um, Parker Valley Road's a real place. Um, okay yeah it's um it's in san diego county i grew up in san diego county i actually never knew about the the proctor valley monster until this book was announced um because uh, so i i grew up in what's called north county where you can guess by the name of it it's in the north of the county of san diego uh san diego county is there like a real hardcore rivalry do they call you northeast (laughs) no they don't but um well um the People who live south of the 8 freeway um, do kind of feel entitled that people who live in the areas where I, I grew up are not real San Diegans, even though <laughs> even though San Diego is the second largest sprawling city in the United States, the largest is Jacksonville, and they're both sprawling for the same reasons because of the military bases and the and the uh the city so i grew up in san diego california but i'm i grew up about 20 miles from downtown 25 miles in the area called mira mesa which is by the miramar air base which is where top gun was filmed actually so that's the claim to fame of the area that i grew up in so like all my soccer teams growing up were like the tomcats or like top gun or you know (laughs) everyone you know i grew up in the 80s and that's when that was popular and it was right there (laughs) right there across the um the berm of the freeway so it was like popular and civic pride exactly so the sidewinders i remember we were the sidewinder missiles one time um anyways (laughs) sorry um and proctor valley road uh, is is uh, well the story itself takes place in Chula Vista. Chula Vista is a is a is a city south of San Diego, uh, proper downtown, and it's right it's right between it's right between the border and in San Diego, um, and and then um, and the area is kind of middle class um, to 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 like poor poor middle class you know like area. Um, mm-hmm. It's it is um, when I was growing up when I was down there. It was predominantly um, Mexican and and Filipino families living there, um, but I'm assuming in 1970, before the big uh, movement of, of Filipino families to the U.S., it was mostly it was probably mostly Mexican, and it's right there next to the border. Um, so a lot of first generation, a lot of second generation uh, Mexican Americans, uh, even in, in my generation of, of growing up, you know. So um, it's it's definitely. One of the best places to get food in uh oh I can imagine San Diego. Yeah, definitely. Um the um and um 
Um, that's why I kind of like the diversity in this in this book because that's the way Chula Vista really is and was. Is you know, like you know, it's not all white guys or anything. It's there's definitely a lot of uh, of, of different types of people there. So um, it's funny. Um, I was gonna say uh, with Cora until they made it explicit, I kind of thought she was Indian just by her character side. That's the vibe like, I got too. Was like well. Indian from India, Indian. Yeah, but like. Her father does look extremely Mexican, yeah, or yes. you know h- how you would depict a Mexican person. But yeah, no, uh, Naomi, uh, uh, Franquez mm-hmm. on the uh, art, just like does so many good different character designs, different body types. Yes, like you know, everyone, like they're not just diverse in race, but like they're just diverse character wise. It's really cool, and just the uh, the uh, the uh, colors by a uh, Tamara Bonville. The Bond villain, which that's a great last name. It is. Like, good like, it's so good. I, I I almost feel like it's fake, but that's an awesome last name. That's yeah. real. You're 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 born blessed. Yes. But yeah, the, the colors just pop. Like it's so everything's so energetic. Like I was saying earlier, even when like something horrible's happening, it's just it, it just like you know explodes off the page because the the colors are so bright. It's pretty horror. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous, but it's gruesome at the same time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, I, I was gonna, yeah, definitely remark that the all the everyone looks different. There's there's no confusing who's who in this book, and um, a lot of representation, which is really cool. Um, but um, and yeah, like the uh, they show the San Diego uh, sports arena at the end of the book. Uh, that's where they're at. Um, that 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 place looks exactly the same. 40 50 years later um um i don't think it's ever gonna go away um and um the um and but but yeah um so proctor valley road sorry i, I kind of got lost there yeah um, sorry i have to get the, sidetracked <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a two-lane highway that goes from chula vista to hamul uh which is a tiny little like podunk town in the east um it, and most of it is even to this day is two lane you know one one way going one way the other lane going the other way um road that you know hardly any lights in fact it goes through a nature preserve so they're they're legally not supposed to be any lights on it so it's Mm. it's very dark it's very creepy it's kind of windy um it's definitely a place i can imagine horror stories kind of coming from so um apparently the proctor valley monster is kind of either been described as a kind of like a cow minotaur type monster which we see in this book or like a like a sasquatch yeti type character which we didn't really see that but um i definitely especially since this state place in the in the southwest of uh of the united states i'm i'm happy to see the the two-legged coyote monsters that's definitely appropriate for for the area and um the um the native americans that lived in the area were the viejas band of native americans uh, they have a very cool casino that he used to visit a lot um and uh they're uh, definitely um it was kind of cool to see the representation you know and then uh, the grandma is wearing um a Chororos jersey that's the uh the mascot of the university of san diego uh that um and then the um and then there's a part where uh august is going through her dad's stuff and she finds an old padres jersey the mm-hmm. the, the brown yeah, and yellow. there's a lot of uh real world reference in this references in this that i feel like you don't normally see in comics no. all the time but like they want to go to a janis joplin concert riley's wearing a dark side of the moon t-shirt a lot which which i unfortunately have to blow the continuity whistle on that because um, the book takes place in 70 and that album didn't come out to 73. But it doesn't matter. In this universe, that came out in the early, late 60s. <laughs> so there you go. We'll just go with it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, not to be, not to be of, that guy. Of, oh, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. They're, they're here because you're that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's still. And that's, my, that's always my, my saying is like, and like if there's a continuity or like that in the movie or a TV show, it's like in that universe, this is the way it is. You know, yeah. it's not in our universe, so it's fine. 
Um, all right. Yes, hopefully uh, uh, horrible uh, haunted monster ladies don't exist in our universe. Yeah, hopefully not. Because, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, very cool. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, the, um, you know, to get back to the comic, um, all the, the expressions on everyone's faces, um, all, all, all the girls seemed very real to me uh there was mm-hmm. you know like their their personalities their motivations stuff like that like i said i mean like i mean being a teen in the 1970s i can only imagine that there was not much to do except drink and smoke weed so yeah, yeah. so so I, I totally got you know that's the kind of vibe that they give in that in that book and they're you know um so it just it just seemed very very realistic very of the time um the um but uh, and then um the just just the tormenting of of the landlady was was a lot of fun as well which like you know it turned out that and it was kind of cool because it turns out because of the way they defeat her so easily at the end that it's just she was just putting it on so thick because she was actually not as strong as as these girls and that, well um I feel like uh, um, Jenny's brother. Every time they'd like, she'd finish having her little solo moment with her. He's like alluded to. It. He's like, use the power of love and friendship. Yes, <laughs> which is which is pretty cool. That that once again, that's it, it, it's cool that they used. You know, like it, it was. You know, you know they, they didn't have to like duke it out and punch. You know, zombies. <laughs> you know, they 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 were able to use just the force of their love to defeat uh evil and yeah and the the, uh landlady has a real cool design she's like a green flame decaying woman in her like you know little house of the prairie type of attire (laughs) and she's like she definitely looks menacing yeah she has a smile on her face all the time and crazy eyes (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah no absolutely like yeah the, the design the artwork um like you said, uh, it doesn't get as like meta or crazy as a Grant Morrison book can get, but it 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 works. In fact, I think if it got a little too crazy, then it wouldn't be as as good of a book. So, like, it wouldn't be, yeah, it wouldn't be as enjoyable. Like, this is like, like I don't even want to say like a popcorn book, but it's just it's it's just a very easy, relaxed, fun book. Like, the stakes are high, but they never feel too high. And like one thing that they do, like, and this is with so many books, like I, I like I'm not even chiding anyone, but like you were saying, they make you care for those characters. Like you only spend five issues with these characters, but by the end of issue one, beginning of issue two, you're very invested in them, their experience, their feelings. Like sometimes I'll read books that have really awesome stories, but like you never connect to the no. characters that way because exactly. you're with them with, for such a short time. Yeah, the 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 char- characters, even the even like the 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 moms of of um august and riley seem antagonistic um to the girls and and, mm-hmm. and also the principal seems antagonistic obviously to the girls as well but they're all written so well that you understand where they're coming from and they're actually kind of sympathetic you know like yeah everyone everyone feels like someone you know which is kind of cool definitely the, I hope the like principal gets his mind back because he, yeah. he was some. <laughs> Which yeah, the um and the, uh, this actually had me googling things I didn't recognize. Like I was trying to see if there was like a Mercy, uh, ho- uh mental hospital. I know there's a Mercy hospital in San Diego, but I I don't think there I, if there was one that it wasn't. It, it was t- before the time of the internet, so I couldn't Google it. And I also looked at that boy, the the um, the boy who had murdered her, his family and um, and then killed himself with a shotgun. Um, and nothing came up on that as well. So oh, good, good. Yeah. That would be awful. That would be awful if that really yeah. happened. Yeah, no. Totally. Uh, one, thing, one part um, that I did like. There's a point where they're trying to research. Like I think it was even before they knew who the land. Oh, this is how they find out who the land. Like. The landlady's name is that they're like trying to research what's haunting them and you know they're in front of something and the way that it's drawn from the back it looks like a computer and i was i was ready to be like continuity error they didn't yeah. have computers back then but what it was is like the uh the microfiche uh magnifier 
And I personally haven't used one of those in so long. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I forgot that was a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. And I, that sound, the sound of the microfiche thing, the second I saw that, it went back into my ears. I, I could I could <laughs> hear I could hear that panel. I knew that panel very well. But yeah, I was just like, wow. You know, when, when something like jars up a memory, it's like, wow, that's something I haven't thought about in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like we're 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 on the the cusp of of this. Like we were at the, I think, the end of it, where you when you had a report, you had to go to the library to to research. Yeah. It. You know, like like we're. I think you and I are in like the last generation that that had to do that. Um, like um, when when I was when I started college, that was like right when they were like, actually, you can do some stuff on the internet. Like I remember being in high school and early college where like they're like we're not really even sure how to cite internet stuff yet like there would be different forms and everything because it was that (laughs) i remember that like like where it became like a revelation of when they finally figured out how to cite uh websites you know and then um and and then the uh this was pre-wikipedia as well which is you know you don't want to use it for your you want you don't want to use it as your primary research but it's a great jumping off point you know like the, so kids these days have it so easy no they don't but <laughs> it's definitely a lot simpler now to research something so there's no excuse for ignorance you hear me no excuse <laughs> so that was my soapbox yeah. for the day <laughs> sorry about that. All right. no, no, see, see, Darcy and Karen are, are not here, and I'm they're not here to bring me in, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's boys' night. With the yes, Z. it is, it's boys' night with the Z, yes, <laughs> and it's Boy, N- boys' night with the Z trademark. <laughs> yep, and 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 I say it's N I T E instead of uh, N I, you know, let's 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 uh, oh. <laughs> let's go, let's Absolutely. go full boys' night with uh, neon. And- <laughs> Okay. Oh God, <laughs> we would be so douchey. <laughs> yes, we would. I, I kind of got like the Saved by the Bell like uh, intro. The like, Max. Yeah, like that. Oh, 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 just the actual intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that kind of style of uh, of artwork, you know, for Boys Night. Uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, um, so, so yeah, um, Proctor Valley Road, very good book, um, very mediocre road in real life but very good book in in comic book world uh, so um richard um uh, uh, oh, oh actually let me ask you the question i've been meaning to ask every episode what was like your favorite panel or moment in the, in the comic um i think my favorite part was at the end of issue one where they revealed that they're like you're assisting draft dodgers i was like oh god yeah <laughs> Because you know, you, you totally think they're going to be in there because they thought, oh, you must have killed them or you must have, you know, um, did something to them. That's why they didn't come back. But no, they so specific. Like, oh, you're they're draft dodgers, and you know, and you you helped out because you're hippie girls, you know. So and the funny thing is, after Bruce and Bobby have this hair harrowing experience, they're like, you guys were trying to draft the Dodge, and they were like, no, sign me up to kill some Vietnamese right now. Let's do this. I'm yeah. just like. No, yeah, yeah. You guys don't want to chill, like after I, all that. I guess there's no such thing in this universe for of PTSD. <laughs> Not at all. Not in this universe, at least, or that universe. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I thought that was funny. What they were basically like, um, they this kind of negated everything that everyone's suspicion was, you know. So, but yeah, um, the the area, um, you know, it's it's kind of a semi-conservative area as well. So, the the uh, patriot and kind of uh, borderline jingoism is definitely kind of true in, in that down there as well. Oh, so, oh, oh, in the in, in Chula Vista. At the re- at the real Proctor Valley Road, they're just as terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think the uh, the the were coyotes and the Minotaur with the bells is scary? No. <laughs> No, no, it's um, that no. Minotaur is pretty scary though. No, that Minotaur was awesome. I think, and yeah, definitely scary. But like, I, I think it was cool how they they um, they introduced the like the, the creatures where they it all seemed like the landlady was listening to them, and like because mm-hmm. because everything they described like the ghost car and like the 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 giant bull with the the bells of the of the of the underworld 
strapped around it and all that stuff. Th- those were all the things that were there. So it was almost like it was almost like she was reading their minds or they, you know, to create these uh, these creatures. Yeah. So, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and also like that, you know, kind of get the vibe that like the, you know, any, any kind of folklore you've ever heard might be true. So I think that's kind of cool. Also, this uh, landlady had like an unnecessary amount of powers. Like she had mind control. She had mind reading. She you know, could conjure up stuff. Like I was like, yeah. yo, you're really powerful. Like maybe, maybe you should just defend this one territory. Like you could just go annex a country if you'd like. Exactly. <laughs> Why don't you go fight Vietnam? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Um, no, uh, and and also um, with with the um, oh, uh, we didn't really mention it. Um, I I kind of mentioned like the whole scene. With the Ouija board and um, oh and, yeah, and, and they conjures up because they conjures up the uh, the ghost of, of the the baker who who lost his family, um and and his who's also under the thrall of the uh, of of the landlady, um that part I love that part I think that probably was I think that kind of uh, quick uh, like uh, you know like uh, break from the from the main story and kind of into that little story I think that was kind of mm-hmm. like one of my favorite parts of the book personally. But that was pretty cool, yeah. I I would if that was a standalone issue, I I would definitely have just read it for that part right there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, all in all, Proctor Valley Road, just a fun time. Yes, definitely. Also, uh, I mean, how how often are we getting a uh, like female team led like you know, yeah, comic book where where it's not like you know just about them and their relationships like that's part of it but like no like they're a team and they have a mission in this and it's you know just something different this passes the Bechdel test oh absolutely yes in fact it kills the Bechdel test not this does Proctor Valley Road does Proctor Valley Road does yeah (laughs) us right now yeah because it's boys night right this this episode is not is is not friendly to the Bechdel test unfortunately but because it is boys night Uh, Okay, so all right. Well, um, any final thoughts or uh, I think, or uh, like well, I said, it's. I mean, if you have comics out, see unlimited. It's easily accessible. It's it's a relatively quick read. Like I read all five in one sitting. Yeah, and you know, moved pretty briskly right through. It, but just really beautiful art, really fun story. But yeah, definitely give it a look if you haven't. I yeah, same thing. Where uh, I. I actually uh, read the first issue and then I felt I went to sleep, fell asleep and I woke up at like one in the morning and I read the last four issues like before I fell back asleep again. Mm. So I had weird dreams that night, but besides that, it was, it was I do hate when like, especially if it's something good and like, but it definitely infects my dreams and it's like, Oh, these dreams are getting a little strange. (laughs) Like I was reading the most recent one piece had like an epic cliffhanger and like that, was just everything in my dreams for like two days. Yep, I go, I I get that way as well. It's almost like you, you just have to, oh, like it's almost like an OCD feeling to it, you know, like where you just have to contemplate it and think about it, and it and invades everything you you're thinking about when you're sleeping. I went nowhere with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely read Proctor Valley Road uh, if you haven't already. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Liked it a lot, and I think that might be time to call it an an evening on our podcast on Boys Night. Well, on Boys Night with a Z. Yes, with Boys Night with a Z. Yes, trademark. <laughs> Copyright twenty twenty two. All right, and so. Um, so yeah, we talked about uh, Rockstar and Softboy by Cena Grayson and um, Zach, or sorry, uh, Russ Wooten. My it got autocorrected to, to Zeus Wooten. <laughs> I know that's not right. <laughs> um, and um, and Richard talked about uh, Little Monsters Number One by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. And uh, main course was uh, Parker Valley Road by Grant Morrison, uh, Alex Child, Naomi Frankie's. Tamara Bond villain, the good villain, and uh, Jim Campbell from Boom Studios. So that will be it for our episode. 
Thank you all for joining us, as always. I'm, if this was your first time, thank you and welcome. And we have reached the end of the show. And thank you to everyone, as always, listening to our show. And email us any questions or comments to comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com. Instagram, Twitter, goodpodcdvpod. Website, comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com, where you can request subjects for a future show. Also, the episode list is there uh, that has every book that we've talked about. Um, out throughout all these episodes so if you're wondering if you can jump to a, an episode where we did a review or a quick hit or anything like that that's the perfect place to go check that uh richard where can we find you on the internet um basically topcat360 all over the internet nice it's fun there we yes. like to have fun <laughs> all social media is fun <laughs> none of it's traumatizing at all not at all uh as i'm doom scrolling as we're talking right now um the uh all right, and um, I'm uh, Bryson2814 on Instagram. So for Darcy and Carrie uh, in spirit and Richard, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. And remember that comics are better and everyone deserves comics. Thank you. Bye. Later. <laughs> Goodbye. Boys night forever. I know, right? With a Z. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>